Second Peter chapter one, uh, back in uh, our series, sanctification, becoming more like Christ. Second Peter chapter number one. Great joy to see families in ministry together. Just great joy. I love it. I absolutely love it. <clears throat> Second Peter chapter number 1. Look at verse number 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the last the last message that I preached out of this was, you can't do what you don't know. And this message is, you can't do what you don't know, part two. <laughs> Took me a while to think that one up, amen. Anyway, let's pray and we'll get started. <clears throat> Father, what a great blessing you are to us, Lord, truly. Truly, my life wouldn't be anywhere, anywhere close to where it is today without you, your precious son. So very thankful for you, for that salvation you freely offered, uh, Lord. We're thankful for the people that are here tonight. So very grateful, Lord, that they have given their time to come and to be in this place that they might hear from you. So now our prayer is, Lord, that they will. Uh, use your word, Lord. Help us to draw closer to you. Help us, Lord, to be more like Christ in all that we do. We pray. We'll thank you for what you do, for we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing. Please do be seated. So just a little bit of review here. The first step of our journey toward Christ-likeness is a step of virtue. Virtue really here is just a willingness to please God, a learning to please God, to love what Jesus loves, to seek what Jesus sought, to do what Jesus uh, did. And the second step in our journey is this step of knowledge. So to be successful, to be successful in our journey towards becoming more like Jesus, we're going to need knowledge that we do not already possess. Now, we're talking about once we're born again by the Spirit of God. And I know there's a lot of people sitting in here that have been saved a long time, and you know a lot about the Word of God and all that. So I understand that. But I'm addressing this as if, you know, you get saved by the grace of God because, I mean, we're talking about new beginnings, right? 
And I believe even as I begin this, this series that I said something about, it doesn't matter how long we have been saved. I mean, maybe we're not right where we need to be. And maybe this is a time that we need some new beginnings of some old things. I mean, we've done this before, but maybe it's time that we do it again. I mean, maybe we need some new beginnings in all of this. And so we need knowledge. Uh, knowledge has to do with the mind, of course. And all the information that is stored in our brains is our memory. And the knowledge that we possess is the basis for every belief and every behavior that's exhibited in our lives. The knowledge that we have. The content of our thoughts determines the character and the conduct of our life. Get that? The content of our thoughts determines the character and the conduct of our life. You change your mind, you'll change your life. Truly, no, that's the way it is. So the step of knowledge requires that we train our brain, if we can say it that way. We train our brains. We'll train our brain to what? To yield to Jesus. We're talking about, come on, we're talking about being more like Christ, right? So we train our brain to yield to Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. To the obedience of Christ. So to believe and trust and obey God's word, excuse me, in everything. Believe, trust, and obey God's word in everything. God has made us stewards of our thoughts. This is important here. Come on, this is very important. He's made us stewards of our thoughts. He gave us those verses that, we, that I just read to you. Second Corinthians 10, 3-5 makes us responsible for casting down imaginations. God told us to do that. Casting down imaginations and bringing into captivity every thought. It's what he says. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. <clears throat> Monday, several of us went out and played golf. Two groups of four. We went out and played golf. Went up to Maryville, Mazingo Lake Golf Course and played golf. And... Uh, and I kept reminding one of the men that I was playing with, um, you can't get negative. You can't get negative. Golf is a, a mental game. It's a mind, say, you're mental to play that game. Sometimes I think that, I guarantee you. But it's a mind game, it is. I think it was Tiger Woods that said, and I'm not lifting him up in any way, shape, or form, but I think it was him that said, golf is 90% mental and 10% mental. It's a mental game. I mean, it's played up here. And if you get to thinking negative while you're out there on a golf course, well, you're not going to play golf at all. I mean, just the way it is. And so I kept reminding you, you got to think positive. Got to think positive. Well, I tell you, next, my next shot, I'm going to shank it out in the woods and whatever. I said, no, no, you can't talk like that. You have to think positive about this thing. Well, I'm telling you, if we're going to live a good Christian life, we have to think positive. No, I'm not talking about Norman Vincent Peale's appeal to power of positive thinking. I'm not going to that extreme, but there is some power in positive thinking. And thinking the way that God would have us to think. And having the thoughts that God would have us to thought. Because it says we're to bring into captivity every thought. Every thought. That's pretty high. And every thought to the obedience to Christ. 
And then Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 establishes the biblical criteria for a Christ-like mind. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. If there be any virtue, willingness to play God, uh, to please God, if there be any praise, think on these things, things that are good, things that are positive. Look, we cannot always regulate our environment, environment, come on mouth, we cannot always regulate our, our environment, but we can always control our thoughts. We can control our thoughts. If we fill our minds with right thinking, there will be no room for false thinking. I know that's not deep, but it's true. Well, preacher, I can't always control my thoughts. Yes, you can. Well, no, I can't. Yes, you can. I can't always control my thoughts. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I can argue about that with you as long as you want to argue about that. Yes, you can. Truly. Okay. You don't believe that? Okay. Think of a big blue elephant. Big elephant. Bright blue. I mean, shiny blue. Okay, now, now he's pink. You change that elephant from blue to pink. You just controlled your thoughts. I'm telling you, we can control our thoughts. Especially if we yield to God. And we fill our mind with this. And when, the, when those negative thoughts come that we can go to verses like Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8 where, we're, where it tells us how we're supposed to think and what we're supposed to think on. But preacher, what if we're going through a bad time? Everybody goes through bad times at times, but it doesn't mean we have to let that control our life. We don't have to let those types of things control our life. Do you realize every person that end up, ends up taking their life, it all started with a thought somewhere? A negative thought, a bad thought that they just let brew and brew. And I mean, it just got worse and worse and all these things and leads them to something like that. I'm telling you, it starts up here. And if we're going to live our life for God the way that God would have us to live, it's going to start up here. We, we have to get rid of that. Uh, we have to get rid of the stinking thinking. That's not original, but it's pretty good. Amen. We have to get rid of that. We can't have all this negative stuff in our mind. Well, I just can't live for God. Yes, you can, because you can do all things through Christ, which strengthens you. So you can live for Christ. No, no, if you're a born-again child of God, you can live for God. If you're a born-again child of God, you can be conformed into the image of Christ if we yield ourselves to God. It can happen. I'm telling you, negative thoughts, negative thoughts are not good. I mean, we have to fill our minds, fill our minds with right thinking so there's no room for false thinking. Look, each of these verses begins with an assumption to be the kind of Christian that God wants us to be, that we must learn new ways of thinking. If we're going to be the kind of Christian that God wants us to be, we've got to be able to control our thinking. So we have to learn, we must learn to think biblically, consciously, and consistently. To think biblically. Well, you know, but that's an old book. No, it's a timeless book. Well, that book really doesn't fit in with our society. Absolutely not. It does not. It does not. Come on, if if you're on social media a lot, it's no big surprise that you're depressed. 
It's no big surprise that you're full of negative thoughts if you're watching the news all the time and on social media all the time. I'm telling you, we need to dig into this book, amen, and get that stuff going in our brain because it's going to help us. It's going to help us. We have to learn to think biblically, consistently. In Romans chapter 12, God describes this as the renewing of the mind. Renewing of the mind. If you've never memorized any verses in your life, you ought to memorize Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the... uh, I beseech you, um, come on, brain. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, H-O-L-Y, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We need that renewing. Renewing of the mind. Come on, Brother Mike touched on it. Well, people just think you're crazy if you go to church all the time. Yeah, pretty much that's the way they think. But I'm telling you what, if we'll get to think in the way that God would have us to think, it'll get to a point where we really don't care what they think. That we're just going to be what God would have us to be. We don't have to be like this world. We don't have to fit in with this world. Come on. We don't have to be down and out like the rest of the world. But we need a renewing of the mind. To renew the mind is to change the way that we think. Change your mind and you'll change your life. It's absolutely true. Come on, especially when we're following God. Notice that this is one step. Uh, that, it, that this is one step in a very important process. As we go on, we'll figure this out. The, 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 first, and most, the first and most important act of worship for a Christian is presenting or giving their life to Christ. Well, preacher, I've been saved. Is that what you're talking about? No. No. I'm talking about giving your life to Christ after you get saved. Because he doesn't take it. We have to give it. No, there needs to be that time that we just surrender our, our all to God. Yep. God wants us to do this willingly. He said that in Romans chapter 12, to present your bodies, present, doing it willingly. And he wants us to do it unconditionally, unconditionally. Present your body a living sacrifice. That's unconditional. What do you mean? Whatever he wants you to do, you're going to do it. Well, preacher, what does he want me to do? I don't know. And you won't know either until you present your body a living sacrifice. Well, if God would just tell me what he wants me to do, he doesn't work that way. And he's a loving, caring God. So, I mean, we don't have to worry if we just present our body to him. We give him our whole life. I mean, whatever he wants. Look, when we willingly present our bodies to God uh, to be a living sacrifice, we're saying this. God, I want you to do with my life whatever you please. And I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do with the, the, the members of this body. And my feet will go where you command. And my hands will engage in whatever task you give them. And my lips will speak for you. And my heart will love for you. And God, I am willing to spend the rest of my life living for you. Boy, that's a good thing for every born-again child of God to do. No, no, I mean consciously do that. I mean talk 
talking to God. Lord, I give it all to you. I'm here. Take it all. I, 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 I want my life to be lived for you. Do you know why we struggle in some areas of our lives? And it's not so much a, 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 a struggle as it is an unwillingness to sacrifice that area of your life to God. We are unwilling to present it to God to do what He wants done with it. Lord, I'll give you this and this and this, but really I don't want you to mess with this. And Lord, I'll give you this area of my life, but really don't try to adjust this area because I'm pretty comfortable over there. And what God wants us to do is sell out. I mean, just completely sell out to give it all to Him. <clears throat> to, to realize the full potential, the full potential of our lives, we must resist the pressure to conform to this world and allow our lives to be transformed into the image of Christ. We have to resist the pressure. Please look up here. We have to resist the pr pressure of being conformed to this world. And, and give our lives to God and be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. Here's a fact. Here's a fact. It, it, it's not a deep fact, but it's a fact. Life is such that we are not going to stay the same. Well, I'll just be the same the rest of my... No, 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 no. Every day we are either incrementally conformed to the likeness of Jesus or we're incrementally conformed to this world one of the two no absolutely so someone has said this we are perfectly useless as Christ exalting Christians if all we do is conform to the world around us well, I thought that was a great quote in fact, I'll go ahead and say it again. We are perfectly useless as Christ-exalting Christians if all we do is conform to the world around us. Life transformation is God's goal for every born-again child of God. And it begins with a renewed mind that we, we're thinking the way that God would have us to think. And the instrument that God uses to renew our minds, to transform our lives, is the Word of God. We know that. It's nothing that you don't already know. Psalm 119, verse 130, The entrance of thy word giveth light. It giveth understanding to the simple. John 17, 17, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable, profitable for, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto good works. Excuse me, he uses the word of God to shape us and mold us and make us. It is the divine role of the written word of God to change the way we think and therefore to change the way we live. You change the way you think or allow God to change the way you think and it will change the way you live. Absolutely so. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> and we know this. The Bible is the Word of God. No, I'm telling you, it's a book that the all-knowing, all-powerful, eternally supreme, holy God of heaven, very supernaturally wrote for us and divinely preserved for us.
that Bible that we're holding in our lap. There's no substitute. There is no substitute, absolutely no substitute for Bible knowledge in the life of a Christian. There's no substitute. I don't care how many books you have in your library. I don't care what else you read. There's no substitute for this book. Not any. Whatsoever. None. Someone has said this. Very good quote. You should be so saturated with God's word that your blood is bibline. If you cut yourself, you should bleed, bleed Bible verses. Bibline. That's, a, that's, a, that's an archaic word. But, but what it means, if you cut yourself, you should bleed Bible verses. There's uh, two primary activities by which we may add knowledge to our faith. The first is reading the Bible, of course. We're talking about that, Matthew 4, 4. But he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So stay with me. I'm going to give, uh, I'm going to give three points, three large points. There's little points in there, but I'm going to give three large points there. So stick with me here. <clears throat> every word which proceeded out of the mouth of God. So what do we do, preacher? First, number one, we read it daily. We read the Bible daily. If you're not reading your Bible daily, you're losing. No, I mean, you're, no, no. If you're not in your Bible daily, you're, 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 not, you're, you're not being conformed to the image of Christ. You're losing. You're losing the battle that's being fought. You're losing. If you're not in the Word of God every day, read it daily. Man shall not live by bread alone. You eat every day. Some of you eat many times a day. We eat every day. That was ugly, wasn't it? You eat, you eat every day. You eat every day. You should read your Bible every day. Come on. One preacher said, To our shame, there is nothing in human life so valuable yet so neglected as the Bible. That's an amazing quote. Truly. Do you know the average person can read the entire Bible in one year by devoting only 10 minutes a day? 10 minutes a day. 12 minutes a day if you read it out loud is what they say. 10 minutes a day you can read the whole Bible through in a year. And the Bible contains practical wisdom and guidance for everyday living. And we need its encouragement and its reminders and its instruction every single day. Because it helps us to think correctly. It helps us to see things correctly. It is a light unto our path. And a lamp unto our feet. Absolutely so. Number two. You didn't think I'd finish point number one that quick, did you? Number two. Read it completely. Completely. Well, you talk about reading the whole Bible. Hold on. He said, men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. Every word. Every word. Every word. <clears throat> the Bible is a book of 66 books. Each book is necessary to complete the whole. Come on, it's one book comprised of 66 books that all fit together just like this. I mean, it all comes together. It's like a jigsaw puzzle in this sense. The puzzle really is incomplete if any piece is missing, even if it's a very small piece. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying every book and every chapter of the Bible has something to contribute to our spiritual growth. 
Well, you know, I read it. I just don't get a whole lot, a whole lot out of it. That's why we read it again. And that's why we read it again. And that's why we read it. No, no, no. We read it and we allow God to speak to us where we are on that day, that year, whatever the case may be. And then we read it again and we allow God to speak to us on that day. And and that year, whatever the case may be. Isn't it an amazing thing how you can read your Bible through and God does deal with you all throughout about different things. And you read your Bible through again the next year and all of a sudden he's dealing with you out of different portions of scripture about different things in your life again. I'm telling you, we have to read it completely. Every book and every chapter have a message from God that he wants us to know and wants us to understand. We can grow closer to the heavenly father and understand his plan for our lives by knowing his word. Preacher, I don't know what God wants me to do. Get in the book. I'm telling you, he's well able to speak to us. He's well able to make it very clear what he wants us to do if we'll just get in the book. Many of you that are here along the way, here and there, I've asked you, hey, you know, how's Bible reading going? I don't do that just trying, just trying to put you on the spot. I do that because I want you to read your Bible because I know that it's going to help your life. It's going to help your life. It's going to help your family. It's going to help everything. It's going to help you. It's going to help you. Every book and every chapter have its place in the Bible to help us become the Christian that God desires us to be in wisdom, in understanding, in character, in conduct as we make our journey to heaven. I'm looking, I look forward to that time that we are all up there. I'm looking forward to that. But while we're here, let's be everything that God wants us to be. While we're here, that we can be blessed by Him. Okay, big point number three. You didn't think I'd get through point number two that quick either, did you? Read it as if God is speaking to you. Because He is. By every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. He is speaking to you. There are nearly, nearly 4,000 statements in our Bible in which God proclaims that He is speaking through the Scriptures. 4,000. What do you mean, preacher? Every thus saith the Lord is a reminder that when the Bible speaks, God speaks. He's speaking to us. It is His Word. Charles Spurgeon said, Let every word that God has spoken be law and gospel to you. I like that. Be law and gospel to you. Never trifle with it. Never try to evade its force or change its meaning. Let the Bible speak for itself. Just let it speak for itself. Mercy. Let God tell his story in his own words. God's a good communicator. He can get it across to us. Too often we look for a subjective meaning meaning to the Bible. Well, I think the Bible means I think the Bible means this. I think this means I think it means this to me. Wait, 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 wait. What does God mean? Not what it means to you. Now hold it. No, no, no. I know that God can I know that God can use it to speak to us. Come on, there's only one interpretation of the Bible. That's the literal interpretation. 
But there's many applications. And I understand that God can speak to us. But let's not try to twist the Bible to make it fit our life. Let's make sure that, let's make sure that when we study the Bible, when we're reading the Bible, that we know what God is trying to say and how he's trying to say to us. A better approach to this, no, no, a better approach is to read the Bible for understanding. Lord, help me to understand what you want in my life through reading your word. Uh, Psalm 119, verse 3 and 4. Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes. That's a pretty good prayer for us. And I shall keep them unto the end. Give me understanding and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it to my whole heart, with my whole heart. You know, it really is an amazing thing. <clears throat> there, there's that you, you, can, you can say, well, I just don't really, I really don't understand all the Bible. Me neither. I don't understand all the Bible either. But I know that the more that I read it and study it, the more that I understand it. And here's the thing. Even when I was a new believer and read the Bible, God spoke to me. He spoke to my heart. He directed my steps. I mean, he, 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 he reproved me where I needed that. And he directed me where I needed that. And he comforted me where I needed that. I mean, he was speaking to me through his word and what we need to do is just read the bible with this prayer oh lord oh lord uh, 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 speak to me help me guide me give me what i need for today my daily bread from your word open thou mine eyes that i may behold wondrous things out of thy law I'm telling you, God is able to open up this book. He is able to open our understanding. The Holy Spirit of God, if you're truly saved by the grace of God, lives in you. He is the one that wrote the book. And He can can tell you what it says to you. Sure He can. You think about it. God gave man the gift of language. And since he's the one that gave us the gift of language, he knows how to use it to communicate his message. And God wants to do that. Get this quote. Get this quote. If the plain sense, plain sense makes good sense, seek no other sense, lest ye arrive at nonsense. That's pretty good stuff, isn't it, brother? I'm telling you. Sure. So, big point number three is done, and so are we. So, where do you need to start? Where do you need to start? This book is a personal book. And you know where you are in life. God knows where you are. So, where do you need to start? Do you need to start by presenting yourself to God, a living sacrifice? Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, whatever you want me to say, I belong to you. I'll use my hands for you, my feet for you, my lips for you, my eyes for you. Whatever you want me to do, Lord, I, I present myself a living sacrifice to you. I mean, from this day forth, whatever you want me to do, that's what I'm going to do. Is that where you need to start? Could be people in here, that's exactly where you need to start. You just continue to run your own life. There's parts of it that you've held back. Lord, I've given you this and this and this, but tonight I'm going to give you this. It's about time that I give you this part right here. It's about time I quit fighting you about all this and just do what you would have me to do. Is that where you need to start? Or maybe you need to start by being transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
that you need to get in your Bible every day. That you need to finally read it all the way through. That you need to be in there and you need to be asking God, God, please help me. Please, please help me through your word. I mean, illuminate it, Lord. Show me great and mighty things which I know not. Help me, Lord, as only you can help me. Having your, having, having your mind transformed by his word. Being transformed by the renewing of your mind. I, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, soaking up the word of God as much as you soak up all the other stuff that's out there. Is that where you need to start? I'm not pointing pointing fingers because I don't know. I'm just saying tonight for this invitation, whatever your greatest need is that you might be more like Jesus, tonight's the night to start. Quit putting it off. Preacher, I'm really hoping something that God does something for me at camp. Why don't you let him do something before you go to camp? It may it may make camp a hundred times better if you just go ahead and let him do something before he ever get up to the top of that mountain. Whatever it is that God wants you to do, that's exactly what your pastor wants you to do. There's no reason to wait another day. Tonight would be a good night to get it all settled. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your precious Holy Spirit that lives inside of us as believers. And thank you, Lord, that we know that it is your will that we would be transformed, that we would be transformed into the image of your Son. Lord, it's going to take some, it's going to take some conforming, but it's going to start with us thinking right, thinking the way that you would have us to think. And Father, I have no idea how you've spoken to people tonight. I just tried to deliver the message the best that I could with your help. And I just pray, Lord, at this invitation time, that your will would be done in each life. Maybe maybe there are some that need to lay it all on the altar. Maybe there are some that just need to finally, finally decide that they are going to get in your word and stay in your word so that your, your will would be done. Father, I don't know. You may have spoken a lot of other different ways to people. Whatever needs to happen tonight around these altars, I pray, Lord, that we would take the opportunity that you give us. And we'll thank you for whatever, whatever you do. For we ask it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's all stand to our feet.